Hey guys, and welcome to a bonus episode of Black Tech Unplugged. I'm your host, Dina McKay, and I'm here to share some more Fabian and D content. So in the first half, we learned about Black Tech Mecca and what they're doing and about their report, which is out right now. So you should go to their website and grab their report and learn more about the Chicago Tech ecosystem and the solutions that they're providing. But in this bonus episode, we're going to talk to Dee and Fabian about being a married couple and working together, as well as mentorship, advice for those who are trying to get into tech, and a little bit about that dreaded imposter syndrome. Let's get it. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit and get to a little personal related questions, if that's okay. What do you have for us, Dina? (laughs) So I'm not sure how many people know, but you guys are married and you're working on BPM. How successfully run an endeavor with your partner? Don't look at me. No, I, I I will butter it. You just go ahead and lay that down. Butter it? Yeah, like I'll add to it. Go ahead. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I think it is about like just that you're, if you don't have a healthy relationship with your partner already, as far as some of the basics, as far as trust, respect, communication, don't even think about trying to run an organization together or run (laughs) anything together. Y'all just focus on your life and focus on like getting your relationship right. Um, We don't have a perfect relationship, but I say that those like having those pillars and having at least a healthy relationship is an absolute prerequisite for being able to, um, you know, collaborate and run BTM together. And so I think those have been a big foundation and being able to also not let keep somewhat of a balance and not let work or BTM stuff overpower everything in our relationship. And, you know, having little simple things like, date night on the calendar yeah. so it's not ignored and um just some you know nifty tricks like that but i'd say i mean that's the 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 foundation is having a good relationship a strong relationship but then i think also either equal passion or very similar passion on whatever that endeavor is is a total must because if just like they say you need to be equally yoked <laughs> you know when you get married like co-founders, anyone working on a company or initiative together, they need to be equally yoked as far as like their passion and uh, their their desire to see that thing come to life. So I think um, us being able to have a, a relatively healthy relationship foundation and then being equally passionate about uh, the work on Black Tech Mecca are like essential. Yeah, I'd say, you know, one of the things that attracted me to Fabian, um, you know, as we were developing our relationship was was his love for the black community um and not just the black community in the u.s but for the global black community right um because my my aspirations have always been to impact the world in that capacity right on a global scale not just in south africa i'm south african by the way um or or just in the u.s but there's so much there's so many dynamic things happening just across the world with the diaspora that I love working with someone who, who gets it, right? Um, I love working with someone who gets those dynamics and, and, and understands what that passion means. Um, because a lot of this is, it's, it's heart work, you know, it's spiritual work. And to get to do it with your partner, I think, is, is a huge honor um, and an opportunity to, to impact the world in a positive way. 
So um, you said, you said, you said like balance and a shared passion. The <laughs> other beautiful thing about us working together is that we are like, there's no saving face, right? If someone is really moving in a BS manner, like it's going to be called out, right? So we're not doing, like we're, we're not, we're not buying face and we're not being, um, we're not like covering issues because, you know, you're dealing with people, like in any way that you might do with people dynamics, right? Like we just get to be very honest with one another, right? So no, dude, that's a terrible idea. We can't make that happen. <laughs> um, yeah, like, <laughs> like you want to go in what direction? No, are you crazy? Like that's, that's not going to help us get to where we want to go to. We can just have very honest conversations about the future of this organization or even the way that we're running right now because we're so comfortable with one another, right? Like that works out differently when, you know, you've got like other team members and you have to be mindful about, you know, not hurting people's feelings and, um, you know, and not making people feel like, you know, um, their ideas don't matter. This is just that one brutal and honest space um, where we just, we let it out, man. And it feels so damn good, and sometimes it hurts, but it's whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, we love each other, so that 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 works. It helps. So, did you both know that you were always at one point going to work with each other? Gosh, uh, yeah. So D fought it for a while. Does <laughs> 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 I let her say her piece on that, but um, I was I was all for it um because i'll be the first to say like man um dtm would not be what it is or where it's gone or where it's going without uh, the contributions that d's made like i could have never done it i don't even i know for myself for sure not by myself but i don't know if anyone else would have been able to play such a pivotal role that she's played in just uh, our branding bringing order to it our events um strategy the, the whole nine so um, I've, it was always about how I could get her into the fold, but um, she had her reasons for uh, being a bit reluctant. I guess you could. Yeah, man. Oh, it's such a rough little thing. Yeah, I fought it for a while. I won't lie. And there were a few dynamics at play, and I'm not going to get to discuss all of them. But I think sometimes, you know, we're 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 still at, we're a young couple. We've been together, you know, many years, but we've only been married um, a year and a half. And I am learning about myself as a woman. I am learning what it means to be a woman in our society, to be a woman um, in the black community, to be a woman in the African community, to be a woman in the tech. Like I'm learning of all the different facets of what it means to be a woman, right? And there is so much of of me that just wants to um, to be an independent thinker um, and to be independent, right? And not in a not in not in a dysfunctional way where you know I don't where my partner doesn't feel like he you know he has space in my life, but just um, in terms of like fulfilling and filling my my or fulfilling my full potential rather, like as as a person. So. I wanted to live that life where they were very clear. Um, there was a dividing line between my my marriage and my love life and my my career, right? And I didn't want the two to mix as much. And I knew I I obviously wanted at some point to work with him, but I wanted to establish myself before that 
right? Like, we can make all the plans we want, um, but don't be so rigid in your thinking that you don't see opportunities when they come. Um, so I changed mine, right? Like, I'm, the one thing I can say is that I'm very adaptable and flexible. And so when I saw the opportunity for me to get involved, obviously, after Faith had um, persuaded me and, I'd, you know, I'd done a few things with BTM, I really saw a different angle. I saw the opportunity, um, one, for me to bring some of my personal aspirations into the fold and to combine them with, with um, the work that BTM is doing. So I still get to fulfill my own aspirations, but now I get to do it with, um, within an organization that I get to, to create, well, that I get to build rather um, as a co-founder with my, my life partner, right? It's so beautiful and so rewarding. So, yeah, like, I fought it, but I'm happy that it eventually happened because it's incredible. And even when people realize we're married and they're like, oh, man, like, this is so dope, bro. Like, you know, you've got this, this really young black couple doing this work. Like, that's so inspiring. That makes me happy as well to know that this is serving as inspiration for other people because we can do things together, um, you know, there isn't just one story around, you know, black women just realizing themselves on their own, but we do have an opportunity to still be ourselves fully um, and be wives and be um, career women at the same time. I think there, there's an opportunity for that story as well. Um, we don't have to feel like we need to pick between one or the other. Uh-uh, no. And if you're with someone, whether you're a man or woman, if you're with someone that makes you feel like you need to pick, I want you to reevaluate your decision. Yes, that's some great advice, and I want to touch on, too, in each of your responses, you both kind of gave some advice about what would you advice would you give for people who work with their spouse or are considering, considering it, and do you have any other tips that you want to throw out there while we're on that subject? Yeah, like, be supportive of your spouse's, just their aspirations, you know, because there's an opportunity to bring those things to the fold. Like, well, to, to bring it in together and to do it together. Um, so don't dismiss, like, your spouse's ideas. I know that, you know, earlier on I mentioned us, like, you know, like, gunning, for, like, gunning against each other's ideas. But, again, just be mindful, right? Like, be gentle to one another so that you can be dangerous with everyone else. And dangerous in terms of doing good things. Um, but you choose your words wisely. Um, Yes, sometimes you're going to fight and it's going to get really annoying, but manage your energy to the best of your ability. Be mature and apologize when you, when you said something um, in, you know, with the wrong kind of energy and its intention was not met. Um, apologize for it. Communicate. I think the one thing I can absolutely advise for with my relationship is that we communicate. We talk about everything, okay, everything. And so... Um, you need to you need to communicate with your partner so that you know you guys aren't just like on different pages um, as you're trying to grow towards the same vision. So just be mature about it. If if you lack basic maturity skills in your relationship, I I don't even know how you'd be able to work together. And I wanted to just take a moment for each of you to give a background of just your whole journey, where you started out, where you were born, like do you from South Africa, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners didn't know that. So let's just give a, I guess, a short introduction of how you guys got to where you are today. Yeah, so for me, I've been in Chicago five years now, but uh, originally from uh, the booming metropolis of Fayetteville, North Carolina, uh, where 
I grew up and uh, went to school uh, at UNC Charlotte and studied marketing and somehow ended up landing an internship with Google going into my senior year. And that was my introduction into the, the tech space. And leading up to that point, uh, marketing had just been my, my passion. That was my first love. But then that tech intersection of where marketing and technology um, collide uh, opened up my world, up, opened me up to the world of technology. And so I uh, moved to Chicago five years ago to accept the full-time offer uh, with Google. I got involved with our black employee group, ended up leading it as global co-chair uh, before spinning out to uh, launch Black Tech Mecca. And, you know, here we are today. And Fabian, I just want to touch on, because you are working a full-time job at Google and you're doing BTM, is it hard to maintain the whole work-life balance? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah there's no way to spin it, man. It can be challenging. Um, it's, but it's doable. And, like, that's my thing is that I think it's it's time where, like, a lot of us, we're to, we put limitations on ourselves and what's possible to do and what's not possible to do. And I think that um, sometimes or what I've at least learned is that it's if you, you know, want to do something and you put your mind to it and you find a way that you're able to stretch yourself beyond and it just becomes normal, um, you know, in a way in that if you really are, you know, deliberate about how you use your time, it is possible. Um, it does get crazy if things get busy on both ends. <laughs> you know, like if work gets really crazy at the same time, BTM gets really crazy. Uh, that could be challenging. But um, I would say, man, like we got to start looking at new stuff. I mean, not everyone has the luxury. I, I'm one of them of being able to drop everything and just go all out and not make any money in your business venture for years and still be okay. You know, uh, hybrid entrepreneurship is, I think, a thing that our community is going to have to become more comfortable with and really start to give it its um, its consideration and dignity that it deserves. One more question, because I know you started off as an intern at Google, and for people who are interning and want to turn their position into a full-time job, what advice do you have for them, and what can they do to kind of secure that position? Bruh, you got to bring it, man. That's the, the easiest way I can, I can put it. Um, I remember watching interning at Google, a lot of folks came in and um, got just kind of drunk with all of the freedoms and the perks. And when, you know, you looked up, things weren't getting done. Uh, but for me, uh, you know, I just came in very pretty serious to start with. I was the first person from my school, you know, to ever intern at the company. So I felt like, you know, I had something to prove there. And um, typically everyone completes one summer project, you know, during their internship. You know, I took on and completed three, <laughs> you know, so like I just came in and, you know, was well, and wanted to put my best foot forward and and uh, give it all that I have. And so that would be my my tip is like, uh, you know, come in hungry, especially for the internship. It's it's a 10 week, 12 week interview. And, you know, you just uh, you'll put your best foot forward. That's some great tips. Now, Dee, tell the listeners oh. your story. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm from I'm from South Africa. Um, I grew up in Johannesburg, and I came to the U.S. six years ago for school. Um, my background is in communications, um, and while I was at school, I was at school in in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and 
I worked at, while at school, I worked for an on-campus um, incubator for minority students, right? So I went to an HBCU called Johnson C. Smith University. And um, so our incubator was there to serve um, Black and um, Hispanic students, right? And please be mindful, I try my best to use terms that are appropriate that, and I, there's, there's like a whole um, debate around using Hispanic or Latino. When I use, I use them interchangeably because I'm trying to like be mindful of both, um, of both preferences. But I worked with our students on campus on their ideas and their businesses. And it was such an enlightening experience for me because it helped me realize that there was a huge ideas gap, right? in the ecosystem where um, our students weren't being exposed to enough um, like dynamic um, ideas that they could they could build to contribute something different and something new um, to the tech ecosystem and to the economy. And that used to be heartbreaking for me because um, when you look at just some of the access that, that certain groups have, um, you can see that that access really trickles down into the type of businesses they create. And so, you know, that was just my first entry really into the tech space um, because a lot of the ones that I was seeing that were really exciting were really, um, you know, there were tech-based solutions that I thought and that I believed Black people could really um, spearhead to, to drive progress in our communities. Um, so when I graduated in 2015, I moved to Chicago. Um, because my partner was here and my, my family's here. Um, my mother's older sister moved here 20 years ago. Um, and so they're all based here. And Chicago was just a cool place, right? Like I'd visit while I was in school and I loved the vibe. The cold was, you know, it was awful, but the summer's always made up for it. Um, so I moved to Chicago and that was actually around the time that Fabian was getting started with, um, with actually they were launching um btm and of course i've really been there from the beginning because even when um he was just getting started with the proposal for btm him and i would have conversations on it on the phone right like while i was still living in charlotte so i've really been there from inception but i didn't really get involved until i moved to chicago just before the launch um and so now i'm here i mean i, I got involved from the minute i landed in chicago um, and it's been really rich for me um, just to understand the dynamics that exist in this particular ecosystem. When I look at places like the South Side, I'm able to um, really connect that experience, right, to to other communities in South Africa, um, to 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 folks in Soweto, right, um, where I grew up, right. Like the dynamics are so similar that if I had to take a child from Soweto and a child from the South Side and put them together, they could talk about um, their experiences in life and they would be so similar because there's, there's a shared experience here that I wish people were a lot more um, privy to so we could realize that a lot of the things that we're trying to challenge, um, we're really dealing with a global system at play. It's not just local to um, a particular neighborhood or a particular city or a particular country, but there's an entire global system that we have to be very um, aware of so that we're thinking more strategically around how um, we're looking to fight um, for systemic change. So my ability essentially um, to, or my, my desire to work with, with um, BTM eventually was really sparked by 
the opportunity for me to connect experiences, right, for, for between Africans um, and African Americans. Because I think, yes, there there are challenges with our our relationships in terms of, um, you know, some of the the stereotypes and myths um, and the dynamics that exist between the two groups. But I think um, what I've seen with my relationship with Fabian is that we can do really incredible things when we acknowledge that those things exist, but we don't let them be hurdles in us um, um, moving our communities forward. So, you know, that's in a nutshell, that's who I am and that's my history um, to how I, I started getting involved in the tech space and how that really started when I was um, working on campus for our incubator. I just want people to realize that you don't have to plan to be in tech. It can happen naturally and it will happen in due time because tech is involved in a lot of the aspects of our life now. So I just wanted to yeah. note that for everyone listening. Yeah, like when I talk to folks in the youth system, like, I mean, I've had conversations with, you know, like teachers that, 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 well, folks that teach CS, right, that have been teaching CS school for many, many years. And I remember one guy was telling me that he didn't really, um, he wasn't going into to CS at all, but during the time, there were funds that were available to train people in programming. And so that's how they get involved, right? Or how they got involved. And so um, you may have gone to school and studied something completely um, different to what you're doing now, but when those opportunities are available for you to, to enter tech and to enter tech, even maybe through programming, um, take them because those are skills that are, that you cannot over, um, overstrain, rather, you know, like the, the importance of those skills and what they'll be able to do for you in the future. Um, pivot when you, when you can pivot. Like, don't be scared to. Headed to Afrotech this year? Black Tech Women is hosting a brunch for all Black women in tech November 12th, the Sunday after the conference. They invite you to connect and share experiences over great food and bottomless mimosas. Tickets are on sale now and can be purchased at Black Tech Women Brunch eventbrite.com. Hope to see you there. Another question I want to ask, who are some of your mentors and influencers, especially regarding BTM, who do you look up to in the tech industry? For me, from afar, who's been really helpful in like being a good, you know, co-founder and CEO has been just Tristan Walker and just have a ton of respect for what he's been able to do and how he looks at you know, building his company. So it's really inspirational and has inspired me when I look at BTM. Um, but then also uh, one of my mentors I have a lot of respect for is uh, Damian Hooper Campbell. Uh, he's the chief diversity officer at uh, eBay, but we work closely together at Google uh, with the black employee group there. And um, the, what he's done with his career in just the last two, three years, to get to the post he's, he's at now, it's been crazy. And um, he's just always been uh, inspirational and uh, always provided great guidance. I think those would be my two folks that come to mind for me. What would you say, B? Um, One person, and I, I think this is so obvious, is Brenda Wilkerson. Um, and Brenda, because I think if you don't know Brenda, just by looking at the work that she does and the, the, the things that she's been able to achieve. She's an incredible person. But when you know Brenda, I mean, I can't even describe um, how inspirational and how genuine a person she is, right? Um, and I think when I, when I 
when I think about working and doing work in the Black community, um, she is that, that person that exemplifies um, when people do work because it matters, right? And they are genuine and they are doing it for the people, right? It's not, it's not there um, to brush your ego. It's there so that it can, it can really improve the lives of the people that you're working for. And she is an embodiment of everything incredible and beautiful um, about leaders that take on initiatives and really fight um, for equity for black people. And so Brenda is one person who I have the privilege of, of having um, a really great relationship with um, and who I've been able to, you know, to, to look up to in the work that I do. Um, other people in the ecosystem, I mean, I think we draw inspiration from different folks, um, people that have been able to do certain things. Um, I love, I love Felicia Hatch. I think Felicia is, she's a great, um, she's a great leader. Um, I love the work that she's doing in Miami, um, specifically with Code Fever and, and Black Tech Week and Black Tech Weekend as well. I mean, I also look up to people like Sandy Castro with Icy Stars. I mean, like, Sandy is so dope. Like, I don't know if anyone, like, ever goes and talks to Sandy and doesn't leave her space without feeling, like, super enriched, right? Like, she's a great storyteller. Um, and then I think in South Africa, I have people that I look up to as well. Um, lead business women like Kanye Zomo, who owns her own media um, and entertainment um, business. She's a Harvard grad, um, and she she leads one of our um, our biggest publications in South Africa right now. And I think it is global. I think I think I'm not like don't hold me on that. But she is just she is she's so poised and so graceful and so smart and so present. And she just, you know, when you're, when you're in her presence or even when you're looking at her as like a, well, like online, she's, she's, she's such a sage, right? Like she speaks and she makes so much sense for your life. So those are some of the people that I look up to. Both of you named some very inspirational people. I am familiar with all of them. And they all are doing amazing things. One of my final questions. So both of never really studied or, you know, that wasn't your given path when you started. So what is some advice you have for others who are trying to break into the tech industry and might not have went to school for tech or been involved in tech from the start? Yeah, so I'd say a simple advice is just finding a way to play to your strengths and leverage your current experience or experiences uh, for an entry point. And, you know, as I mentioned for me, you know, that was through marketing and entering the tech space via digital advertising and being able to just uh, maneuver from there. And I think that's one thing that there's a big opportunity for is like a lot of us have transferable experiences, transferable skills that can be, you could work in any industry and provide value. And tech, the tech industry is one of those uh, points that you can provide value in. So you don't always have to be in a tech occupation uh, to contribute to the tech uh, space. So that's one thing that um, I always like to make sure is uh, made clear. And then if you know you do, you are serious about doing something new and actually entering a tech occupation and you know becoming a, a developer or developing a highly technical skill set, uh, don't be intimidated. Yeah, be persistent because um, you know I'm no. Uh, coding expert, but from the training that I have done, 
man, like it, it can be a really personal thing where <laughs> it's tough, it's, it can be hard, it's challenging, it's difficult. But uh, I think that if it's one of the big things is not being afraid to fail and try new things and just continue to persevere. Any advice from you? The nice, the lovely thing about tech is that you, you really can apply it to, it's, it's, it's interdisciplinary, right? Like at its core, right? Like when we talk about technology and we talk about like innovation, it's nothing more than improving systems, right? Or improving the way that people navigate spaces or um, experience culture, right? Just take, take what you already love and connect it with it. And don't be afraid to make that pivot. Um, because you'll thank yourself in the future. The last thing I would add is like, I'll like stand up to the imposter syndrome too. Yes. Uh, yes. I know when I first started, I I'd wear what I call personality glasses, you know, to the office and to my client meetings, just to try to combat any negative ways that I could be perceived in my intelligence. And um, that stuff is real. And yeah. like people throwing around jargon and people. People, man, like, you're there. If you got in, you're there for a reason. You're just as smart, if not smarter, than everyone else there. And to just have that confidence, I think, is um, is hum- huge. Yeah. Huge. Imposter syndrome is it's, it's an insane thing because it can make you believe that you're not worthy and that you're not capable. And I've I've heard people that have been in the tech space for decades talk about how they still have to fight imposter syndrome even today. It's a serious thing, you know. And I think it, it also just speaks to why we, we do what we do, because we want more um, of our own to get into the ecosystem, to get involved in the ecosystem, um, and know that it's their place, and know that they're worthy, and know that we're, we're doing something we've always done. We shouldn't look at this as something new, um, and that we belong. It's our place, and we should just absolutely own it. So come back to this like, as much as you can. Okay, imposter syndrome is, it's a lie. <laughs> but it's, it's true, but I'm saying it's a lie in the sense that don't buy into it and fight it to the best of your ability. I love all that advice. That is good for people who are trying to get in tech. I know imposter syndrome, like Fabian said, is such a major issue that people deal with, especially in the tech industry, at least from my perspective. I've heard a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome. And yeah. so my last question for the episode, what do you guys see the future of BTM? What does that look like for you? And would you like to expand BTM into other cities? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so the, the future is really, you know, we talked about our, our successes today as far as the, the framework that we've created, the report of SBTE. Now it's really about how do we move forward with, continuing to refine those and improve upon them. And then being able to find out, based on what we've learned here in Chicago, how can we go and help um, other cities uh, grow their black tech ecosystems? And so, uh, you know, that's the, the path forward and whatever way is best to, you know, make the maximum impact. What he said. <laughs> and for everyone who's listening, where can they find you online, social media? So um, for me, I am on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I don't use my Twitter as much, and I'm not even sure that I feel very compelled to. Um, but if you must, I am. You can just look for Dinao Siakamela. It'll come up as D Siakamela. You can find me there on Twitter. 
you can find me, you know, at Dinella Sacramento on Facebook and then on Instagram, my name, because I have to help you with this one, it's three underscores and then Dinao, D-I-N-E-O, and then three underscores again. Oh, well, for BTM, is really simple. Just Black Tech Mecca on the platforms D mentioned earlier. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. And for me, all those platforms too, uh, Fabian Elliott, and you can get to me or you can just go to my website, FabianElliott.com, and that'll be a gateway to uh, all those different platforms too. Yes, and my website will be coming out pretty shortly as well. <laughs> I just forgot to mention that. <laughs> that'll be coming out shortly, and you'll find me at DinelleOsiacamela.com. It was such a pleasure talking to you guys and learning more about BTM and what you guys personally do. So thank you for your time. Thank you, Dina. Absolutely, Dina. It was a pleasure.